like the show? Want to listen to episodes early? Consider becoming a patron. Starting at the $3 a month level, patrons get access to a custom patron-only feed where we put out episodes of Upstairs Studio podcasts like the Child Care Bar and Grill, Miss Becky's Classroom, That Early Childhood Nerd, the Renegade Rules podcast, and others early. That feed is just for patrons. You could be one of them. Go to patreon.com slash playvolutionhq or click the link in the show description to learn more. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Kick back, settle in, and let us fill your ear holes with early learning information, wisdom, and advice. And now, here's Heather and Jeff. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Jeff Johnson here with Heather Shoemaker. How you doing, Heather? I'm doing great. Coming off a good summer and heading into the school year. Yeah, it's which a... means for me, I get lots of writing done. <laughs> <laughs> the fun and games with the kids are over, and it's back to work, huh? Yeah, yeah. So it's you know it's it's nice to have the seasons of the year all have their different characters, um, but it's it's definitely a transition for everybody. I know a lot of listeners are going through that um, too with either their own families or their work life. Hey, Heather, so, I saw, welcome I saw a to kid, the transition. I, I saw a child, uh, uh, I don't know, a child, I don't know what you call a 12-year-old. He must have been 11, 10, 11, 12, 13, that age, uh, the other day standing at the bus stop. School's been in here for about a week, and he's just standing there. It's barely light out, and he's standing there with his backpack on and his head looking at his shoes and waiting at the bus stop. And I walked by, and I, I said, um, hey, buddy, it's Saturday. And his eyes come up and meet mine, and the dogs are kind of restless. And he says, really? I said, yeah, 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 it's Saturday. Um, if, you're, you're, if you're waiting for the bus, you're going to have a long wait. And he just doesn't, he doesn't say a word. He, his head goes back down, and he does a 180-degree turn, and he starts walking, I assume, home. Um, so it was... It was I mean, wait, wait, was this actually Saturday or not? No, no, no. Yeah, it was... Yeah. <laughs> Yes, I mean, yes, it was totally Saturday, um, and I felt so sorry for him. Uh, he's out there all alone, and he, he, you could see as I was coming up on him, he had this kind of like, why am I the only one out here look on his face? And uh, oh. So yeah, those transition times can be hard for people, um, and one of, one of them that I always had a hard time with was, was the transition to homework and that routine, because I always felt it kind of... It kind of, it kind of, harshed my mellow um, as a student and human now, being. Yeah, are you are you thinking about as a parent too when you were trying to supervise homework times or more when you were a kid? Well, I, it can't be as a parent because we homeschooled because I hated homework so much that <laughs> I mean. <laughs> You made it all 100% homework. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it was kind of a had kind of a different vibe with the kids. But no, I, I'm talking about for me. And then, you know, I spent over a decade and a half working in a, a school age program, running a community center, and just how miserable kids were with what really amounted to busy work. 
um, in in their their after school hours. Their after school, yeah, right when they need a break. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so well, this this is an important topic. Um, you know, it it's um th- my whole second book. It's okay to go up the slide. Really started from a blog post I did because I was coming home. Um, um, walking my uh, second, first or second grader home from elementary school through the woods, and he was stopping to play on logs and kind of running around, and other kids were um, walking through the woods and stopping to play too. And I thought, you know, this is what they need to be doing. Yeah. Um, and some of the kids were flinging their backpacks down, and um, you, they were kind of bursting out of the school building the way kids do, mm-hmm. and then um, with that joy of, of just uh, immediate freedom. And then I remember watching a little first grader throw his book bag down at the base of a tree. And as he remembered, sort of his joy drained out of him. And he said, oh, I've got homework. And instead of being able to join in all the games, he was just suddenly overcome by this big shadow that had followed him out of the school building. And I've, you know, I'm always thinking about the social and emotional impact um, that we that we could have exact on young children. And one of them really is um, not talking about the academics of it at the moment, but this, the, the emotional side yeah. of homework and, and the kind of dark cloud it can bring, especially the younger the kids are. So we're not at the moment talking about a junior in high school. Yeah. We're talking about elementary kids, kindergarten kids, preschool kids. Um, in this same park, I, I remember chatting to a mom who said, um, yeah, well, I had to change preschools because the first one didn't put homework sheets in his backpack, and I need to make sure that my kid is learning. <sighs> so it's not that the dark cloud comes from many sources. It comes from uh, us as parents, and it comes from uh, school systems. Um, it comes from teachers, particularly the newer teachers who feel that to be doing a good job and to be taken seriously, that they need to look rigorous by um, – assigning quite a bit of homework yeah yeah but, it's like if you're if you're going to be a superhero you need you need some spandex and a cape and if you're going to be a teacher you need to assign homework those are just the the natures of those of those uh beasts and so and so a lot of those newer teachers feel that they need to do that because that's just the way it's always been done yeah so, you know, looking at, um, well, of course, these books are about renegade rules. So that day I was just uh, watching the kids play and pry apart logs with sticks and look for bugs and run around and, and start all kinds of games. And I was thinking, this is what they need right now. They have been bottled up in school all day, and this mm-hmm. is what they need. Um, and so when my um, my son came home with his first home, daily homework assignments, which in his case was spelling, I remember thinking, well, he already, you know, he gets this in school every day. Um, They practice the same words every day. He has other things to do with his time. We can't just focus on one uh, part of the child because they're physical beings, as we all know. (laughs) And so are we as adults. Sometimes we forget that part too, but they're physical beings. They need to have that side of them addressed. And they are, um, they need to connect with their family, their friends, whatever, their dog, you know, scratch the fleas. They need to do other things, including uh, dealing with all the emotions of what happened in the school day and how tired they are and whatever it may be happening. But it's not just the academic side of the kid that we need to nourish. Um, And since school takes up a lot of that part of them, when they're home, when they're in their off hours, they need to pay attention um, to the rest of themselves because they are 
whole human beings. Yeah, and when, when that weight of school is constantly on their backs, they, they don't get the opportunity to to spread those spread those wings and pursue those other interests. And the other thing about it is that all of those things, the, the especially the physical activity, kind of primes them for the academic stuff, especially the younger kids when it comes to their their balance and all the stuff going on in the inner inner ear and and uh, and, and and developing the small and large muscle skills that they need for writing and those kind of things. It's actually it's actually doing them a disservice to take away those opportunities for movement from them. Right, right. And and you know starting homework way too young, which is what our culture is doing now, you know, besides the, the, the preschool that I mentioned, some of them assigning homework, um, partly because the parents demand it, mm-hmm. but it's very typical for kids age five in kindergarten to be getting regular daily homework. And what this um, sets up in the family dynamic is it sets up 13 years of the parents becoming homework police supervisors. They become the homework cops, the homework nags, and it sets up this this unhealthy conflict between the child and and the parent at home in a space that should be the family space, it sets up this this clash. The kid doesn't want to do it. They're done with school. Their body is telling them to do other things. And the parent maybe feeling like, oh, well, I know they need to run around right now, but the teacher has signed this worksheet or assigned this homework, and it's my job to support the teacher, so we have to do it. Or we have to get into good habits, and they have to get into a good college, so we have to start young, and this is you know, going to help them develop those, those healthy work habits that they'll need to survive in this world. We start to think that it's our job to force the child to do homework or, and also to remind them to do it. Because a five-year-old <laughs> given some sort of homework assignment is much more likely to think about what color lollipop she got that day, yeah. you know, or whatever it might be or what the dog is doing, not uh, what kind of assignments are written down in her spelling notebook. Yeah. So yeah. we fall into those, those unhealthy family situations, which can last for more than a decade. And, and for me, I mean, I'm, I'm very clear about this to anybody who cares. I'm kind of a small government libertarian kind of guy. And the hand of the system reaching into everybody's home life bothers me. It, it, just, it just doesn't feel right to me for, for all those reasons you mentioned. And, and I don't think we think twice about it because school is, I mean, there's the halo effect. So schools, the teachers get their halos and the school district gets a halo because they're supposed to be the good guys. But it really is setting up this, this adversarial relationship between children and their parents in, in their home lives. And it's, 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 it's just we, we should be able to do better. And I don't like that. I don't like that whole do better thing that you see people saying on the Internet. But you'd think with what we what we know about homework and young children because it's pretty much useless and about the importance of movement and all these things you think we would be doing better i think one of the problems heather and and i'm i'm guessing what your response to this is um i i think a lot of families don't know that they can push back against this they have no idea you know when i give workshops i mention um the studies about homework which we can get into but they have no idea 
that they have any option to do anything else. It's as if the parents are trapped still back in school themselves. And their third grade teacher is making them do something that they think is pointless, except now they're 35 years old or they're 40 years old. And they have to force a person that they love in their family to do something that might be pointless. But they feel this, this, this trap that I have to uphold authority. I am the authority. I have to act like a grown-up. I have to uphold this other authority, the teacher, whether I believe it's right or not. Yeah, they, and there's they this idea that, that you know, eight-year-old again. Yeah, and as you said, that the the state, if it's a you know if it's a public school or yeah. or um, the private school, whatever it is, mm-hmm. the school system is imposing on the family and taking over taking over dinner. I hear time and again how how dinner is now it's not family dinner it's it's a homework dinner where everybody eats while they're trying to help their kids with their homework yeah um and and so you're dictating what topics are being discussed you're dictating how the family spends their time when they may have perfectly good reasons um including child development reasons <laughs> to be doing something else with that time yeah yeah so what do we what do we do about it well, I think, um, you know, so, so as I said, the, the second book that I wrote, It's Okay to Go Up This Slide, really started because of this walk in the woods after school and realizing how helpless everybody felt about the homework situation and how nobody really realized they could speak up and do anything about it. So I have a whole section in the book. Uh, one chapter is called Ban Elementary Homework. It just <laughs> comes out to say it. Um, and then there's another one about opting out of homework and how you might go about some of these things and why and and why you should question it in the first place. Um, I think the place to start is to realize in your gut if something isn't feeling right. If you feel like you don't want your child in tears over this worksheet or you feel like you don't want to bring them inside when they're running around outside with a stick yelling and you think, oh, we got to get them on the homework stool and get this done before supper. You know, if you don't want to be falling into these roles, listen to that gut. There is something wise in there talking to you. And you have to kind of wake that part up of you yourself to realize maybe things don't have to be this way. Because yeah. if you don't take that first step, you can't take the next steps, which do require some courage. And that's, that's I mean, just just trusting that that inner voice can be a scary thing for people for a lot of reasons. I mean, if you were always the the line, um, the line captain and, and, and line leader and, and hall monitor in school and, and did a good job in school, were good at being part of the system, uh, pushing back against that system feels uncomfortable. And on the other hand, if you were always rebelling against the system when you were a student and now you're the parent and you're thinking, well, I'm a grown up now, I can't do that. Um, both both sides of the spectrum, there's some discomfort in in trusting that that desire um, to push back a little bit, huh? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, uh, people stumble on some of the the writings I've done on homework by typing in Google searches, and they say things like "homework is killing my family." Help, Ugh. or second grade homework is painful. Um, are there teachers out there who disagree with homework? I don't sleep because of homework. Um, they, 
they they write things about how their grandchild or their child is in tears every day or up two hours past their bedtime because of homework. And of course, the kids aren't necessarily doing the homework the whole time. Uh If you're working with an overtired child who is doing something that's not what is meeting their best needs right now, you know that the couple bits of assignments that are sitting there, they're not actually working on them all those hours. A lot of times for the younger kids, they're having a, a tantrum or they're, you know, running in the other direction because it's all that emotional stress and that takes time to work through before they could even possibly sit down and think about the, you know, seven times three. Yeah, well, yeah, it's it's spending three hours to to get fifteen minutes of homework done. Yeah, and that's the emotional toll. I mm-hmm. think, um, you know, we can get more in in the next episode about some of the studies. But one of the the, the clear results of studies about homework is that um, it helps kids develop a negative attitude towards school and learning. Yes. And I would make those two things separate because school and learning don't always happen in in the same place. Learning can happen anywhere. School usually happens in a building. Um, But for these kids to develop that negative attitude and to develop it so young when they have 13 years ahead of them, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just setting up um, we, we, we want to nurture that learning, you know, setting them up for disaster. It's turning them against school, turning them against school as a place where they can be themselves, where they can um, strive and learn and challenge themselves. If, it's, if it becomes something that's so negative, they're going to start to turn off and they're going to start to turn off very young. Yeah, I think it could also, and tell me if I'm wrong here, but I think it can also start turning them away from trusting that inner voice you were just talking about that adults need to listen to because if every fiber of their five or six year old being is screaming, this isn't right. I need to be up and I need to be moving. I need to be swinging from the tree branches or whatever, but I got to do this thing. It kind of sets up this disconnect inside them. Like what, what I think and what I feel and what I want and what I need isn't right. Yeah. It's a disconnect within the child and also within the family and then also the child to the greater world in this case. And so they carry grabbing, having that grab hold of you at the age of five or six and carrying it well into adulthood when you're dealing with your own child's homework is, is a lot of stuff to, to deal with and unpack. Yeah. Now I do want to mention that there are families, there are children who, um, who who do the homework and enjoy it and the child doesn't you know doesn't complain and just gets it done and everything's you know happiness and sunshine mm-hmm. except that I've met families who will often say and this often happens in first grade when they're just beginning to get some homework um there's this kind of delight for kids that they're big kids now and they have the school backpack and they get yeah. to do what their older siblings are doing and they're going to school and it feels big time. And then ew, they get a homework assignment. Ooh, that's kind of cool. Just like big brother or whatever it might be mm-hmm. that what they're doing, those ones who are happily doing the assignments, many of them at these young ages are playing school. They come home, they've been given some something to do and they do it because it's almost like play for them. They're reenacting what happened at school. You can do that on your own, but they're doing it with the homework that will wear off. I have, I have seen families who will say to me, but Heather, my first grader loves homework. 
so happy to do it. Uh-huh. And I think in my mind, just wait, you know, give it yeah. a year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And usually when I circle back with them, I say, hey, how's school going? When they're in second grade or third grade, it's a very different scene <laughs> because then they're feeling that stress. Um, so it may not, you know, if you're listening, you think, oh, that's not me. That's not my child. Um, Where? Because it, it might be. Well, there's two things. It may be in the future. And it also may be that even if your child can do the assignment cheerfully, um, it doesn't mean that there's not something better she should be doing with her time. Yes. Yes. Maybe something of her own selecting um, and and that uh, was was sparked by uh, yeah, her own, own ideas own exploring um own emotional needs whatever it is yeah. i think i i have in my book here things about the renegade blessings and some of the things that you can help um if you're not having the homework stress is is encouraging the basics like i like school my ideas are valuable i love reading books with my family every day you know if that becomes a pleasurable experience rather than something that you have to mark on the worksheet how many minutes you read you know, it, it's a different feel. And yeah. we want to keep those, those positive, those joys alive. And it is alive for the kids if, if we don't squash it. Yeah. We want to keep it as happy as we can be. And, um, you know, not every family is able to, um, you know, put joy into this learning, but the kids should be able to experience it themselves without having these extra negative feelings towards school. Um, I think another big, big thing is just balance for kids to realize as they grow, there's a time for work and there's a time for play. Uh-huh. Yeah. That, you that... know, a lot of us adults forget that one, but <laughs> we need, we need both. We need balance. And after a long day, everyone needs a break. Well, on that note, let's wrap this one up. Let's come back with a, a follow-up episode where we maybe touch on on some of what, what the research is telling us about homework, especially with, with younger kids, and uh, then maybe dig into some advice, tips for, for parents who want to listen to their inner voice and push back with their schools a little bit, so maybe some how-to yeah. ideas. Yeah, so come on back. We, we, you're not alone out there. This is a common, common problem affecting kids and families. This has been Renegade Rules. I'm Jeff Johnson. That's Heather Shoemaker. You can find Heather at heathershoemaker.com. You can find me, just Google Explorations Early Learning, and you'll find more of me than you want to. Back soon with another episode. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. Music by Alexander Shoemaker. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh. Hey, we need your support to keep the podcasts flowing. Go to explorationsearlylearning.com slash support to learn how. One of the big things you can do is shop Amazon with the link we provide. You buy your cat food, you buy your kids' books, you buy whatever it is you buy on Amazon, you pay the regular price. We get a small percentage of it. Everybody wins. A lot of people are doing it. It really supports the shows, and we really appreciate it. Give it a try. Thanks. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.